Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? I'm doing all right. How are you going? I was pretty upset from that loss against the Warriors, uh, but we'll move. We'll talk about that a little bit later because mm. of some major news coming out of the week. Uh, yeah. I'm glad the Bulldogs decided to announce this a little bit after the Warriors game because we usually get announcements as we do recording, uh, <laughs> yeah. but this one's a little bit later. Cameron Serrato, pens mm. a five-year deal as head coach of the Bulldogs. He's apparently the next bit. The, the next uh, coach and waiting, like, you know, the next, he's done his apprenticeship apparently at Penrith. Uh, well, not apparently he has, um, but he's the next career coach, line, career coach, I reckon. Yeah. They reckon. Could be as good as Craig Fitzgibbon, make that difference already. What is that? Sh- like, well, let's, let's, sharks? let's hope so. And look, the timing of the news of um, this signing is really bad for us as far as the podcast goes, because I'm pretty sure uh, whoever's listening to this, we're probably not going to say anything that hasn't already been said. Uh, it came out, what, three or four days ago now. So, yeah, obviously there's excitement that we know which way we're heading with our head coach going forward. There's confusion over a five-year deal for an untested rookie coach. Um, lots of support coming out from Phil Gould and the Laundy family. Uh, apparently that uh, a major re-signing with the Laundy uh, hotels will be coming soon as well. Uh, so I suppose that's pretty big news coming forward um, during the week as well. But look, obviously there's going to be concerns over a rookie coach coaching for five years. Uh, I've seen all the jokes on Twitter that um, he'll be rolling in money when he gets sacked after year two. But let's hope for the Bulldogs case that's that's not, um, not the case. And uh, he is becomes the Craig Fitzgibbon or the next Craig Bellamy. That would be great. It would be great, but yeah, you've got to look five years for someone who hasn't coached NRL in a as a full time coach. Yeah. He has done some interim stuff with the Panthers before. Um, and remember, the last big thing from Penrith that's right shot was Trent Barrett. So I want to I don't want to be negative. I'm I'm going to jump on. Kevin, wait, I have nothing against Kevin Sato, not at all. I like mm. him. I think he's a good ambassador of the game, and I think he just looks like yeah. a good bloke, doesn't he? He just looks like a good bloke. Yeah. He looks like he's somebody you could probably have a coffee with and maybe a beer with. But if I'm putting myself in any football-making, decision-making thing, and I'm looking at this, he gets no more than a two-year deal um, to see how he goes. Uh, I wonder why he um, turned out that Tigers deal. Five years. (laughs) I don't know. Was the Tigers similar? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, That's the the other big elephant in the room, though, isn't it? You touched on it there. Trent Barrett was a pair for his assistant coach. Trent Barrett was getting all the the credit for how – good of an attacking team Penrith were uh, why he was at Penrith uh, and it feels like since Barrett left Penrith, Kevin Serrato's getting all the uh, credit, so maybe some of that credit should be going to um, Ivan Cleary he's <laughs> the one constant there over that time period um, so yeah, I, that is the concern, it's another Penrith assistant coach who was you know, promising to be the next career coach and so is Seraldo um, but as fans, all we can do really is jump on board and hope it works out. So, five-year deal, whether it's the right decision or not, we'll find out um, over it's the next couple of years. It's a punt. It, it's a massive gamble, absolutely. And, you know, the concerning thing is, are they giving him five years because that's how long it's going to take to rebuild and that's how long it's going to take to see if he's got 
give him a fair chance to see if he's got what it takes to be a head coach. Uh, although there is a lot of talk uh, since there are a lot of rumours since the announcement that um, the player recruitment drive will go into overdrive. Uh, so we'll see what's happening there. Talk already that Matty Burden uh, is happy to re-sign with, the, uh, with knowing who the coach is. Uh, it's, it's good for Kikau who's coming across, I'm sure. Uh, there's talk about Stephen Crichton coming across, uh, being pushed out with salary cap pressure at Penrith. So all that stuff will be interesting going forward. The other interesting coaching news, Scotty, is that um, Madge McGuire has been linked to assistant coach role at the Bulldogs. Yes, that's interesting. I was going to add before I talk about Madge, because I know we're going to jump to Madge, um, is that I reckon Serato signed to keep Burton. <laughs> Possibly. That's a theory. That's a theory. I just, I, I, I mean, it's risky to do it for a player, but, you know, Matty Burton's a pretty, pretty special player, though. So maybe rule uh, thing. But, yeah, Michael Maguire. Now, I'll tell you what, if Michael Maguire does sign as an assistant coach, um, I think Michael Maguire's actually a decent coach. And um, don't think he, like, he won a premiership with South in 2014. He's meant to be ruthless. He's meant to be an aggressive type of coach. Cameron Serrato is meant to be a fitness coach as well. Like, you know, he's big on these fitness and stuff. Apparently, Penrith are meant to be quite grilling as well. And um, Cameron Serrato is apparently a big believer of that. So I'm going to tell you what, I reckon the training, if that's the case, don't worry about the player recruitment going overdrive, worry about the players going overdrive. Jeez, the training would look hectic at Belmore because we just don't look like a fit side. We can't seem to play a full game if the life depends on it. We look like the gas out every time. I don't know if it's our bench rotation, but they... Some people reckon it's our bench rotation with Mick Potter, but I've been seeing it since Trent Barrett. We have never looked like a, a team who could play 80 minutes f- being fit. We seem yeah. to die out all the time at pat, like, in stages and games. Where we feel like it just looks like we're just the unfit team that, you know, we play well, then... Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't mind having uh, Matt Jill as an assistant coach. That'd be interesting. I don't know how he'd go stepping back into a similar role like that um, after being a head coach for so long but if he, if he was happy to to be an assistant or rather i think that's a pretty strong signing yeah does that leave uh mick potter a chance in the attacking side maybe of things yeah because i'd say i'd say madge has to be defensive coach that guy's ruthless you know defense is all about attitude mark mcguire i think's bigger strengths and serato's bigger strengths are all about attitude and you know being the Best version. I'm watching the Tigers documentary, and I don't think you really judge on what's happening with the Tigers, um, and what's going on there. Um, I think he started recruiting some players, match. So I think he actually does have a bit of a pull as well to recruit some players. Mm. Um, himself, he started to recruit some players. Finally, got some room in that cap and stuff, and then he gets gets the ass. Well, he gets to start seeing some reward, and I know he's been there for a while. And people said, "Why didn't he do mm. it earlier?" Uh, but it felt like he was. He had a lot of back-end deals, like, you know, Joshy Reynolds and mm. uh, Ben Metalino, uh, ben which was actually bought by Ivan Cleary, Russell Packer, and stuff like that. They've been trying to clear and mm. stuff like that. And then we finally, we finally got Papali'i, um, Ap- Api Coruscant coming across. Um, so he finally actually started making some really positive and really informed players to come across, and then he doesn't see the rewards. So I think, you know, as the Tigers start improving next year, I think that a lot of that's sort of imagine his recruitment. So I think he's got a bit of a player pool power as well. So Yeah, potentially, potentially. Should we dive into the results, Scotty? No. no <laughs> we have to. Not the greatest game. I think it was 42-18. I'm not looking at the score. Um, 
Warriors piled on points late in the game. Uh, like I just said, it wasn't the greatest game to watch, but particularly from the Bulldogs' side of things. We got close there for a little bit, but um, I don't know about you. The way it felt was that as soon as we got close, it was uh, taken back away from us pretty uh, – as quick as we got back into it, it was as quick as we mm. got pulled away from it. Uh, the Warriors, um, it wasn't the greatest game of football, but they played well enough to win and win comfortably, so credit to them. Uh Probably the biggest disappointing game the Bulldogs have played since um, since we've lost Trent Barrett, since Michael Potter's taken over. Uh, so, however, uh, we spoke uh, before the game about uh, what kind of effect the travel would have on the young side. Uh, and I, I thought um, that they didn't seem completely ready to play when the kickoff happened. So, perhaps that did play a part. No, mm, yeah, I think the travel, I think, shit, the travel, they. They got delayed to go to New Zealand. There was excuses, but you know, like you said, good sides don't buy into excuses. Um, mm-hmm. They think so. I don't know if that's something we need to learn. Um, but also, I don't know if there's actually even there should be no right, but I don't know if there's a right of complacency there. We've been some good sides, like you know, mm-hmm. we've knocked over Para um, quite comfortably earlier. And it's funny we're versing them this week. Um, We've pushed Souths to the extreme, like limit. If Latrell Mitchell wasn't playing, I reckon we run away at the end. Instead of South running away with it at the end, mm-hmm. um, and you know we've pushed Cronulla to like a difficult. Like Cronulla just couldn't get. I felt like they couldn't break us away. They couldn't really break open the game against us. They were really struggling, to, even though they won. So we're pushing good sides and stuff. So I don't know if complacency got in there too because it was not a good game of football. Um, we felt like, like you said, we played a good, I think maybe 10 or 15 minutes in that game. And we got mm. to 18 all. Like we, we're definitely the better side. I don't think there's any doubt that we're a better, we're a better side than Warriors. I'm thinking, thank God we didn't verse Melbourne and play like that. Thank God we didn't verse South and play like that because at halftime, it should have been a lot more than what it was. Mm. It was I don't want to be disrespectful to the Warriors, but thank goodness that we played that first half against the Warriors, not against the top the side was playing finals because we would have been, would have been, Put our pants down. I don't have complacency. We've got no right to be complacent. We're not in the finals. Mm. So what right do we have to be to do that? The other thing is, have we been up and playing above our means for the last little period of time? And that was a bit more coming back down to earth type of game. I think it's just a young squad that had to travel to New Zealand for the, you know for the first time in about three years. Um, who's been for a lot this year? Struggled to. Uh, to get the preparation right for that game. Um, that's what I put that down to. Um, I don't really have much else to say, to be honest. Well, I was going an interesting thing. So before the game started, I'll just, this is one of the points I wanted to put in. So Harrison Edwards gets named over Jackson Topini in the starting side, right? And mm. Harrison Edwards played 73 minutes, um, made 19 run metres, 38 tackles, four yeah. missed tackles. Um, I don't think Harrison was at this stage of his career, what, two games in, um, mm. is capable or should be performing 73 minutes, um, especially when Jackson Tolpin is on the bench playing 19 minutes. And in his 19 minutes, Jackson ran for 47 metres. Mm. Um, and Harrison Edwards, to me, was put on a lot of opportunity, like a lot of times they used him as an attacking second row. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to, like, Flanagan kept hitting him and stuff like that. I haven't seen, I don't think he is that attacking player. I think he's a very defensive workhorse type of player. But, like, those are the balls you want to give to Raymond Fatale and Mariner. 
yeah. line. He won on one. So I don't know what our idea... It was like we're obsessed with making Harrison be the one to score a try. I don't know. <laughs> some of the boys had a bet. Like, finally, goes, I got the try assist. I got him. I'll be the one who, you know, sits in front. I don't know what the goal was. It just felt like we're obsessed with him having to score. It never looked dangerous at all to score. And I, I'm not saying that's he's not a top-grade player by any means, but you got your, you know, your strengths. Like, Tavita Pango Jr. close to the line, you know, danger player. Max King close to the line, not as dangerous. You know, knowing... I don't know. I just thought it was interesting tactics. Yeah. I think it's probably just having um, giving him some game time late in the season, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about the future that um, Jackson Torpenny has at the club. The fact that he no news about him signing, uh, hasn't played many games this year, relegated to the bench last week. Uh, I just saw it as the, the coaching staff giving a young player a crack. Uh, getting some experience up, uh, maybe with an eye towards next year and his future career. I reckon Harrison will be a really good player for a long time to come. Uh, right now, if you're picking the best team, I would have picked Torpenny to start. Uh, Torpenny's on the bench this week, so maybe he will start. Um, but yeah, yeah, some experience to a to a young player um, in a 6pm game. That's the way I see it. Okay, fair enough. I was just yeah, I, I didn't like it. I just didn't make sense. And then I had mm-hmm. to wait forever to see Jackson get on the field. Mm-hmm. It would wait forever to put, you know, he's a, just, I think he's a bit more of a live wire, a bit more dangerous. Yeah, and I think Torpenny plays a lot better when he when he starts. He's not a impact player, I don't find him to be. Unless he's, yeah, covering position, I don't know. And um, He's not going to come on and change the game um, like some of the great impact players of, of the past. Um have a massive impact. I feel like his strength is his endurance. When other players are getting tired around him, that's when he starts to come in his own. He doesn't get tired as much. Um, but that's the way the coaching staff went with. Should we go for our 3 2 ones? Yeah. Really? It might be a bit boring this week. Yeah, uh, we've got the same. So, <laughs> All right, do you want to run for it then? I was going to say, do you want to run for it? I'll just go to the stats. I'll go to my hand <laughs> okay. The stats. We've both gone the same for all three positions. So in first place, we have Raymond for Mariner with three points for both of us. Played 80 minutes, uh, 12 runs, 160, 160 metres, 81 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks, 40 tackles, and a duck egg on missed tackles. Yeah, pretty good performance. Has like We've said it before, but um, we'll say it again. Why not? What an impact he has made coming back into the team. Um, fantastic stuff, especially considering how serious his latest injury was. Uh, on two points, we have Paul Vaughan each. Yeah, the departing, unfortunately, departing Paul Vaughan. Um, he played for, sorry, 54 minutes. Sorry, my my stats just froze then. 12 runs, 160 metres, 71 post-contact metres, a tackle break, uh, 27 tackles for Paul, Paul Vaughan. A very, very good day in the office. Uh, did his job. Absolutely. And for one point, we both went with uh, a new sort of, or a favourite of the podcast for sure, um, Maxi King. Yeah, what a what a season he's having. Him and Raymond Fatale Marino, very good news stories. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fantastic. So Maxi played for 50 minutes. Uh, he's had 11 runs, 149 metres, 69 post-contact metres, 36 tackles as well for Maxi. There we go. And unfortunately, um, not a lot of other 
performances to highlight through that game. That's what happens when you get blown away by the Warriors uh, in season uh, 2022. Okay, so the new top of the 2022 Player of the Year awards, Matt Bird is still first on 39 points. I don't think anybody is going anywhere near him. In second, we have tied Josh Adekar and Paul Vaughan now. Jeremy Marshall King in third on 18. Max King in outright fourth on 16. And Raymond Fatala Marido in um, in that fifth spot in tw- uh, 12 points. So he's just doubled his tally last week and has jumped into the top top five, if you want to put it that way. Oh, we'll talk about the New South Cup game before we go into uh, talk about yep. the Eels. Uh, Bulldogs beat... Uh, Blacktown Workers. Sorry, I was about to say Manly, but it's not. Uh, 38-12 at Belmore Sports Ground. Mm. Uh, let's take a look at some familiar faces who played in this game. And by familiar faces, I mean people who may have played uh, in New Zealand on Friday. Uh, late <laughs> inclusion, uh, Jackson Topini in the second row. Mm. Number 23. And uh, the lock in number 21, Zach Docker Clay. Backed up. There you go. Backed up, Curtis Moran. Of course, you've obviously got your, you know, Declan Casey uh, was a late inclusion as well. Uh, you know, Bailey beyond the other. Arva Sinemanafengai returns from injury a bit early. Mm-hmm. They were tipping him to come back against the Manly game. So, unless if they made the mistake and said, it's meant to be Blacktown workers, he was meant to return. Um, and all that. But yeah, backing up the flight. Talking about short turnarounds and <laughs> Zach Tucker Clay. Uh, Jackson uh, Topany, there's an article they actually both played played very well. Zach Dr. Clay involved in a couple of tries. I uh, don't actually, I can't find the article now. Um, and Jackson's crossed for a try as well. There you in, go. In there. Yeah. So that's an interesting, um, interesting thing to back up when you're playing over in. Uh, New Zealand, we've seen players pull out of the New South Cup games because the NRL team's playing in Queensland. So, very interesting situation there. I wasn't actually across that myself, Scott. All righty, Scotty, it's the old rivalry this week. Paramount Eels at, at uh, what is it now? Combank Stadium? Yeah. Bank West, so used to that. Um, Combank Stadium against the Paramount Eels. There's been some great clashes at that stadium already. Hopefully, we'll see another one. You want to take us through this week's lineup? Yep, a fullback is Jake Averillo. The wingers are Jacob Caraz and the Fox, Josh Adokar. Centers Aaron Schopp and Braden Burns. 5'8", Matty Burton. Halfback, Kyle Flanagan. Up front is Max King at number 8. Jerry Marshall King at hooker. Paul Vaughan at, at number 10. Harrison Edwards is named in the starting lineup for the first time in his career. He started last oh. week, but named at number 11. Raven Fatal Mariner at 12. Josh Jackson at 13. Zach Docker Clay, who played in the Cup last week, is named... To play again, so three games in a couple of week in a week for him. Uh, Joe Stimson, Jackson Topini, Chris Platoa at number seventeen, and the reserve list is Bailey Beyond Yoda at twenty. Brandon Wakem at twenty-one. Haven't seen him in a while. And uh, look at look at these next two boys: Luke Thompson and Tevita Pengar Jr. and Declan Casey is named at the replacement player at number nine in the number nineteen. Uh, already news going around saying Luke Thompson and Tevita Pengar Jr. will be in the seventeen. Yeah, come kickoff. Well, as soon as you expected, 
as soon as you saw that team line up, you knew there's going to be a host of changes before kickoff. So it'll be interesting to see um, what 17 we end up with there. And you may mention the Brendan Wakeham. Apparently, I didn't see the game, but uh, last week in the Swords Cup, he had a, a blinder. So good stuff. Yeah, it's awesome to see. But now we're going to say Luke Thompson to be the player. Who do they come in for? Oh, you want to play that game? Oh, okay. Well, it's a fun game. Well, they're meant to be playing. I'd imagine Torpedy drops off the bench, and I would go. Now, this is not what I would do. This is what I think will happen based off this season. Torpedy and Stimson off the bench. Harrison Edwards to the bench. Um, Jackson second row. Penguin to start. You know, Luke Thompson hasn't played for months and months, so he'll start off the bench. You know That's what? That's my prediction. I reckon, for whatever reason, I reckon we're going uh, for impact off the bench because I feel like we struggle off the bench a little bit. But I'm actually going to say um, our starting 13 won't change. Mm, okay. These two boys will add to the bench, but they're going to reckon Tavita, like he's played some good minutes when you know he's sort of a leash the beast type of attitude. Mm. I reckon you 16 and 17 drop out. Joe Stimson stays. Stimson's been there all year. Or like he's been, I don't know. I think Joe, so Jackson, Topedi, Chris Platoa out. Mm-hmm. They they will take the sixteen and seventeen spot off the interchange bench. I reckon you know Thompson, Platoa both play in the middle, and then Tavita, you know the back come like, does a bit of back row stuff in for Jackson. I mean, I would it's not I would have done that, but that's why I think we'll think it'll just be a straight stop for sixteen and seventeen. Right, Casey well, probably keep his replacement player. We will see what happens on Saturday. Can't wait to get out there. It'll be the first um, full NRLW game for me as well. I've been to Women's State of Origins, uh, and I've been to NRLW 9s in Perth. Uh, So have you. (laughs) But first actual NRLW game for myself. So I'm excited to see that, even though the Bulldogs don't have a team. Looking forward to that. And hopefully should be a big crowd um, on the weekend at uh, Combank. So hopefully we'll see you as many blue and white in the crowd supporting the team as possible. I'll be there. I have a sneaking suspicion that you might be there too, Scotty. Yeah, no, I'll probably be there. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we have a bit more excitement to talk about next week, and hopefully we're talking about another Bulldogs win against Parramatta then.